today's question is that you've signed up for a race. Now what? Where to start? We are very self-limiting to ourselves of what we can accomplish physically. The best trading plan is one that allows flexibility and is sustainable. You've picked your why, picked your plan. Now you got to pick your gear. I'm a huge believer in fiat, fiat. He'll respond like, are you f***ing serious? No, he doesn't. You got this. We believe in you. Running is like driving. Three, two, one. This is Run the Day with Rafe and Tay. We're runners, we're married, and now we've got a podcast. Why? Because we love running so much that we wanted to share it with you, our friends. Each episode will answer a question. Today's question is that you've signed up for a race. Now what? Where to start, Rafe? Taylor Ann. Can you tell me why you like to sign up for races and why you encourage other people to do the same? Well, first, it's scary to sign up for a race. So if you're listening to this and you have signed up, congrats. Congrats. That's like, that's probably the hardest part, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that intimidates a lot of people. But the reason why I would say sign up for a race is it gives you a goal day in and day out when you're training of why am I doing this? Why am I waking up? Why am I running? What is the point of this? I think it helps ground you. Otherwise, It could feel like we're kind of mindlessly just running day after day. And I noticed on the poll that we did when we're asking people, you know, one of their toughest parts with running is consistency was for a lot of people. And you're consistent when you're disciplined. So maybe do you think signing up for a race from your perspective, does that keep you disciplined rather than motivated? Yes. Those mornings you don't feel like working out or doing it, you remember the big picture. Even beyond that, it's... It's a great way to just challenge yourself and set goals, which is kind of where I want to start. You know, a great starting point of when you sign up for a race, where do you begin is take a pause. And before you jump into the the race day shoes, the training gels or the training plans, start by thinking what your goal is and the narrative behind that goal. I know that you recently ran a race uh, about a month or two ago and the narrative of the time you wanted to run was really important. So I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit about that and give some background. I fell in love with my narrative, Mm -hmm. which I think everyone should. And I think when I accomplished what I was setting out to do, it made me feel like I won the Olympic gold medal because this was the narrative I set. I ran a time in college back when I think to most people is supposed to be your athletic peak. Mm -hmm. And I was a different runner then. And I I wasn't as happy of a runner as I am now. So I said to myself, this version of Rafe, can I beat the old version of me, the broken version that was running, but was maybe more in shape to what people Mm -hmm. think? Can I run faster than him at this time in my life? Um, And that was the goal I set out to do. And when I accomplished it, Mm -hmm. it made me feel so fulfilled. It made me feel, you know, emotional to it. So set your narrative. Mm -hmm. What is your story? If you're writing a a book, Mm -hmm. you know, what is this chapter about? Mm -hmm. And I think maybe something that you do Mm -hmm. that ties back to this is when you sign up for a race, I think you actually physically write Mm -hmm. what your goal is. Yes, I'm a huge believer in be it, be it. Um, my parents taught me that. <laughs> Shout out to them. <laughs> and when you see your goal every single day, it could be a sticky note on your mirror. 
or every morning you just write it down right when you wake up in the morning. That is such a great way to keep it in front of your mind. So every day when you make little decisions, it's just, it's there. It's something you don't forget about. And when you go to bed at night, you see it again and it just keeps you grounded and reminded. So I like when you speak about a narrative because if each day you write down a time that you want to accomplish for this race, why? What is the reason you want this time? Is it because you could qualify for another race? Or is it because it's better than the last time you ran? But like really dig into it. Is it to prove to yourself something that you could accomplish it? Is it maybe just completing the distance? A goal doesn't have to be a time. It could just be, I've never ran this before and I want to do it. Or I haven't ran for a really long time. This is my first race in a while. And it's just to prove to myself that I can commit to something and just have fun and go out there and just try it. I would advise people set two goals for each race, right? One is your reach goal. And one is the more obtainable one that is still a challenge to achieve. So I say that because we are very self-limiting to ourselves. So what we can accomplish physically, we mentally limit our capabilities. So really try not to do that. And I think Tay can attest to it. Uh, we've set standards or goals for races and specifically, specifically with Tay and she crushes it. And that's an awesome thing. That's great to do it. But like, how do we set, what is that goal that is like, if I hit this, this is insane. And what's the one that if I hit this, I'm happy. And you need both because you could hit that insane one. Right. But if every day you're looking at a piece of paper and it's just the one that is good to hit, then you're limiting yourself already before the race even starts. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can actually show both of them, but the different half marathons that I've ran, I set goals that I set out loud to other people that just seemed like, you know, pretty to you. Like, oh, wow, that's impressive. But deep down, like, this is actually my goal. But why are you so scared to say that one out loud? Maybe because it really sounds challenging and, well, that's a big goal to go after. But if you're just willing, willing to try it, it gives yourself a little confidence. Like, hey, like, I'm willing to try it. Like, I'm going to go for it. And it's cool that that's even in your that's even in your goals. That is, that's, very, that's a lot of confidence to say out loud to other people and to write it down. Show self-belief. We're all scared to some degree to commit to things. And even if you don't hit it, who cares? I respect the person who's confident. Enough to set that goal. Says it. That, that's the beauty of running is you, if you don't get it, you're going to go again. You know, you're going to try again. And eventually you're going you're gonna to do it. So take the risk. So let's transition to you've set your goal you've set your why which i think is so important now on the more practical side what's the plan we're doing what's the training that gets us to the start line and there's a lot of options out there before even going into the options it's good to know <laughs> <laughs> it's no i think I, 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 but it's that's what we get so excited yeah, to do is yeah. to dig into okay which app which training plan like mm -hmm. i signed up like i'm ready to start but before you start, just remember that a training plan or training um, app is just a guide. That's yeah. all it is. It is meant for the perfect conditions, the perfect weather. The you feel great when you're right when you wake up in the morning. You got great night's sleep. You have nothing going on in your personal life. Your calendar is clear. That's what the training plan is for. It's just a guide, and yeah. we've learned that it takes a lot of modification and adjustment depending on your lifestyle or just how you feel. 
before you dig into those plans. So the best training plan and the best training app is one that allows flexibility and is sustainable. The best training plan is the one you can do. Yes. And so with that, there are so many options. It might feel a little overwhelming, but we've had some experience with different apps and different plans. We'll each say an app or a training plan method. We'll give a pro and con and then you move on to the next one. Sure. So I'll start Nike Run Club. Pro, awesome if you're trying to get entertained and invested into the sport of running. There's virtual coaches. There's awesome narratives and storylines that as you run, it feels immersive. Uh, con is probably, I don't think you know as well of what paces you're supposed to hit during the workouts. It feels a little bit more just up in the air of, you know. Your feel. Yeah, off your feel, which is really hard to have in the early stages if you're running whatever 10K pace effort, you don't know what that is, then it's a little hard. And I think they try to help you with that and say, that's like a six out of 10. But if I went out and told you like, hey, I want you to go run a six out of 10, I don't know what the hell that is. Um, also, the Nike app is free. Oh yeah, it's free. So I'll speak to Garmin. I think we both really enjoyed Garmin. There are different options, which I like. Of You can do heart rate, you can do a beginner, intermediate. I think there might be an advanced. There's different options. Go beyond just the watch or the app. You can go onto the actual website and it gives you different um, different training plans. You can do different coaches. I really liked the Garmin plan just for the variety that it gave you. A con, honestly, I don't know if I could think of a con except that if you don't have a Garmin watch or an actual running watch, you may just use an Apple watch or your phone as a timer. Um, it's, you know, it's not going to work for you. <laughs> so... It does take the investment of getting a specific running watch. So we don't really have the means to do it. It's not necessarily free, whereas a lot of other plans and training apps are free. Yeah. But I mean, if you get the running watch or you invest in it, it's coming with that access, which I think is great. It's a bonus. <laughs> so you saved Run With Hell for me. There are some pros. There are a lot pros. of people I was saying it. pros. I think if you're someone who struggles to stay accountable, this is the best app we've used to stay accountable. The coach will, you know, respond to workout to workout if you did it the way you were intended to. And it has a lot of like metrics of how you can pick the race that you're trying to run, et cetera. I, I think it's great for that. The con is the coach, Hal, who's this virtual guy who gives you feedback, you know, via te via like a paragraph on the app after each run. I think could really make you. F it, it's it's like negative sometimes. And they're like really on your Again, as we're talking about like no training plan is perfect, I feel like how as this person expects that your life is perfect. And it's like, dude, I had to cut the minute the workout 15 minutes early, like because I'm late for work. It's just like, you know, he'll respond like, are you serious? Like no, you you up this workout. You're like, you suck. And it makes you feel like shit about yourself. And he's like, no, here's the grade I give you a D for this <laughs> workout. D out of, you know, from A to F. Great plan. But I, I think can really strip down your uh, confidence in yourself sometimes. I don't like the way it's worded on there, but I, I will allow you, since Hal is a passionate one, maybe I will allow you to provide a quick snippet. On sure. It. Hal is great because it integrates with your um, Strava, with your running watch. There's a lot of different options. So the convenience of you don't need to type in all the time into the app is really great. When we speak about having a training plan that allows for modification and flexibility, where Rafe is coming from is it feels like maybe you don't get that. 
So you have to separate yourself. Like, it's okay that he gave me a bad score for that workout because I know I needed to, you know, I, ha- I had a party this weekend to go to. I just thought of the way to say it. It's like your parents, if the one that's the tough love, Hal is tough, tough love. Like they're not going to be like, hey, buddy, it's okay that you didn't get to the workout today. Like you're going to crush it next time. If that's the feedback you like to hear from a coach or person, not Hal. If you want someone that's a little tough, be like, hey, like, you know, it's your life. Like you didn't do this workout. Like, you know, that's just going to make you not as good of a runner. Then you're like, that's the feedback he gives but yeah last two quick points is it does give you a free option you could also upgrade to pay and there's also different plans that aren't just race related but they are also just staying in cheap yeah. plans which is cool next i'll jump to training plans provided by your run club or by your race day provider those are great because they are, a lot of other people may be doing the same plan so sometimes you can find them on strava or if you're going in person to a run club you're all kind of following the same plan I think those are great because it does allow for the flexibility, whereas an app might be a little strict and you have to enter in this data and it gives you a score and can't really adjust it. So get, being given a plan, like a training plan by a club or a race day provider or a running coach gives you that flexibility, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, the con, I guess you could say, is that if it's not already programmed into your watch or on your phone as an app, you do have to take the time to type it all in. Race and I put in a lot of effort to take our actual running plans and, and put them into our calendar. So every morning, we it's all here. But we can always move it around or adjust it. It feels like you're a little bit more of you're in control of it. Pros and cons. Pick the pro that is for you. So let's transition to just some quick overall snippets when you're training. Just some things that I feel like have worked for us when we're within a training block. Setting yourself up for success and creating a plan that is going to work best for you. Obviously, every week is different. There's going to be different factors that come up in life. But some overall like big things that I think have worked for us is whatever your day is that you have your longest run, I would set that up for the day that you have the most time. So for us, that's Saturday where like we don't have to be stressed out about fitting a long run in before a work day. Uh, and I think that's super beneficial to us at the same time is separating your speed days from one another. So you have enough time to recover, mm-hmm. putting those speed days on maybe days where you don't need to give so much effort to the rest of your day. Like yeah. if Tuesday is your toughest work day and it really stresses you out, like maybe you don't put Tuesday as your speed day because that's piling on a lot of stress. <laughs> really adjust your calendar to what works for you based off those workouts. Mm -hmm. And that is going to make it easier to succeed. Yeah. And if you feel like you maybe feel like you don't have control over your schedule, maybe you go to school or you have kids and it's very tough for you to squeeze in these runs. You're like, I signed up for a race now. I feel like I have no time to even train for it. I think what's helpful is if you communicate with your loved ones, let them know what your goal is, what you're working towards, and hopefully they can help accommodate. Maybe someone will offer to, you know, help out. As someone that doesn't like to write things down, doesn't like to have a log, just likes to go and taste the opposite, which is good to compliment one another. <laughs> it is very worth it when you, you just sign up for a race. Now this block that you create, this training block, like create a game plan for it. I know it's maybe annoying to spend a couple hours or whatever it is to really map this out. 
long-term yourself in two weeks from now, a month from now, will be thankful. For sure. For the days that you know that you have an event to go to or you have errands to run or responsibilities, just try to plan it all out to eliminate all the resistance and it will just make it a lot better. So now you've picked your why. Picked your plan. You've picked your plan. <laughs> now you got to pick your gear. <laughs> I think this is very tailored to the race that you're signed up for. The gear for your 5K, for your 10K, your half, your marathon, your mile. It's all going to be a little bit different, but generally, <laughs> generally the same. So I think our first suggestion is go to a local running store. There is a way to find the shoe that is right for you. So because your friend wears whatever shoe it is does not mean that it is the shoe for you. We love running because it's accessible and the gear isn't tremendous like other sports, but I, it could still pile up and get expensive with running. And I think that's something that sneaks up on you. Um, but if you have the means to do so, it, it is worth it to get a pair of training shoes and a pair that is built for race day and maybe just specific faster day workouts. But when you run that race and you lace up those shoes, those shoes should give you some placebo effect that like these are the ones I put on when I'm moving fast and I feel great in these. And if you do a whole training cycle in a pair of shoes and then that's the shoe you race in i feel like it spoils and takes away a little bit of that excitement come race day when you lace up those shoes and toe the starting line right from a placebo perspective and just also technical which we don't have to dive too deep into and your running specialty store I can kind of go into this more but typically race day shoes will have like a carbon plate in them and it just makes you a little bit more efficient They're usually lighter yeah. also you don't want to be putting in too many miles on the same pair of shoe they get worn out and that will just end up with injury and just not good. I like that you kind of mentioned that you the sport can get a little expensive, but it's also doesn't have to be. So I think there's two lines, right? It's the nice to have and then the like you need. <laughs> so I think that if you can, we do recommend changing up your shoe if you don't want them to get worn out. Does it mean you have to invest in a race day shoe? No, but that's a really great nice to have. But definitely rotating your daily trainer is important just to prevent injury. Because of the race day shoes, they, they can get more expensive, yeah. but there's been, there's models and models of this. So sometimes if you go into a run specialty store, they'll have the newest one and then the previous iteration. Yeah. Sometimes the old model is still really great yeah. and it might work for you and it's going to be a lot cheaper. So mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there that yes, it can add up, but maybe you don't need the most expensive race day shoe for the very start of it. A running watch was a game changer for yeah. us. We were running with Apple Watches previously, and there's nothing wrong with Apple Watches, yeah. but the moment we switched to a Garmin, I feel like it very much so, um, I don't know, accelerated our... Yeah, like our programming, our discipline, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. convenience of having this all program. I just click run and it has my workout already in there because I took the time to put it in there. Um, I know Apple Watches have improved. Now you can have programmed workouts in the Apple Watch, but back when we were using them, yeah. it wasn't really fitting. But it wasn't that long, though. We were using them like a year. Yeah, you're right. So in addition to that nice to have, in addition to the garment, is we love having our um, heart rate chest monitor that goes around your chest. So that's a very nice to have. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely not needed, but we've spoken about heart rate training and how much we've benefited from it and just learning and understanding 
where your heart rate is and the different types of run, it helps with your feel. So that's like a really nice to have, but it's a bonus because it connects your watch um, via Bluetooth. Your Garmin will have um, regular heart rate. Also, we we love our Whoop and that also has heart rate in there. So you can always look at that after. For, for running watch, just like super quickly. The thing that brought me to the decision of getting one is that when I was running a workout, I felt like I never knew what pace I was actually going at when I was supposed to hit a pace. So if it was a workout and I was supposed to do 5K pace, I didn't know from the watch what that was until we got the Garmin. And then the Garmin could give me like a little buzz of like, hey, you're going too slow or you're going too fast. And that is a game game changer to me. Yes, I love that. But overall, if you don't really have the means or interest in purchasing or investing in a running watch and you keep just a regular little stopwatch on your wrist or use your Apple Watch or use your phone, it's all great. Let's chat of hydration and nutrition, something I think we can overcomplicate and also maybe get too concerned about. Um, so I think we could just speak at broad terms. Obviously, what you purchase or what you need is going to be dependent on the race you're training for. Um, but something that's more of an umbrella thing is water and electrolytes. You know, when you are sweating, like you are losing sodium. Sodium is the main thing to replenish, the main electrolyte that you need to replenish in your body. So I think finding a electrolyte powder or mix that works for you yeah. is important um, and is going to make you feel a lot better, a lot less of like headaches and muscle cramps and just like brain fog. A lot of that can be alleviated or fixed with proper hydration. How do you know if you should be bringing water with you on your run? And do you like it? Is it inconvenience? How is it for you? If it is, I don't think there has to be a certain distance. If it's hot out and you're going to get thirsty, bring water. But I mean, as a like a staple, if you're running for over 45 minutes or an hour, I would bring a water bottle with you or consider one. This was like Amazon, like seven bucks holds like a very little one. And then this is a Nathan water bottle with a handle, which is, I struggled to drop the, like the dollars on this. Cause I was like, damn, it was like 30 or something, $40. Long-term yeah. after having it for a year, it's worth it. Absolutely. Running gels, depending on the race you've signed up for, you might be running for a time or distance that you need to restore that energy back into your body after running over 45 minutes or over an hour. You need to replenish. So there's all different types of running gels and goos and what not our best recommendation is just to figure out what works for you and for your stomach because what your friend might take you might not really like it may not sit well with you a fun little tip is before the race maybe you could find online like what what gels do they give out during the race if they are handing out cups of water and electrolytes what's the brand is it Gatorade is it a certain flavor like does that work for you and does that work for your stomach that is I think really helpful so that way when you're training you kind of can prepare for that. All right. So next, let's hit some questions that we have. Thank you so much Thank for submitting questions. How do you balance weight training and running and any other forms of exercise? What is, does your current program look like? Thank you, Angela, for your question. Yeah. So to balance it, we try to do our strength days on the same day as our speed workouts. Typically, they're not as long. So right now we're training 
for a mile. I might be doing a half after this. Our Tuesday and Thursday workouts are a little bit shorter because they're speed focused. So we're not piling on too much mileage. After that, we go into the gym and we do at least 30 to 45 minutes of just basic strength injury prevention. It's just really good to do that. So that's how we balance it. On top of our hard speed day, we do the strength after that. So that way the next day we have our recovery run. Because if we keep piling up our strength after a recovery run, then the next day we have a speed run. We're going to be sore. Um, it just helps give your body some time to recover. So two to three times a week, it can be very basic. Three to 10, that's of your basic strength exercises. That's how we like to balance it. I would say quickly on the part of doing other sports, like obviously it's it's a balance of like not overworking your body, which again, if you go into the details, was the main reason we got a whoop is just to see how much strain we're putting on our body. That way I can know, okay, maybe I got to take it easier today. But it is always good to do other sports. Being the best athlete possible makes you the best runner possible. So running is a very one directional movement. You're moving straight. So and I don't know all the fancy terms like Teddy does, but moving laterally, doing other sports like a pickleball, a tennis, you're just working on other muscles that typically aren't getting a lot of work in um, when you're running, which is why lifting is a component, right? Is because you're trying to work your muscles in ways that are just the stereotypical ones they're getting day in and day out. And doing other sports sometimes is, again, it's complementary to your overall well-being as an athlete, as long as it's done appropriately, that you're not overtraining your body. You know, if you want to take a workout class or a spin class, but you're supposed to do a three-mile run, I mean, it's still cardio. It's still working your heart. You're still exercising. So do what you love and don't sacrifice doing something fun that you really want to do or try just because of your training program. It's okay to change it up a little bit. Like we spoke about, a training program is a guide meant for the perfect ideal conditions, but we're human and we need to live a little bit. So next question submitted by Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. Is, is a 5K week, I feel like I'm not doing a half or a marathon or something more intense. I'm not running seriously. So no, it is not weak to be doing a 5K. That is bad to be doing a 5k yeah you go you got it f all of this like comparison between people to people like we mean and we say you're a runner regardless of the distances you're training for the distances you're putting in weekly yeah don't get bogged down in all this stuff if you don't have the desire to run a half marathon or a marathon there's no why to it then don't do it because there's no point like like if it's not something you want at this moment in your life why force it Run your 5Ks, enjoy your 5Ks, and do that. Yeah, no race is better than the other. Each one is different. A 5K can be fast. It's, you know, it's totally different. The training experience for 5K is different than a half. It's different than a marathon. It's different than a mile race on a road, a trail. Each race has their own unique training experience. And just do what it makes you happy and excited. I love that Rafe said that. No matter how far you used to run or how long you used to run or don't run at all, like you are a runner and we believe in you. It, it's okay. You're you're not a stronger person based off the mileage you're running. Our last question. What is your favorite sneaker brand to run in? That's from Ashley from Boston. Thank you so much, <laughs> Ashley. My answer is Saucony. But there is some bias that comes with that. Right now I'm running, I am running in the Saucony Triumph 21. And those are my favorite everyday 
running shoes. Okay, so my tea tip for today is race day related. So we spoke a lot about training and what to do after you just click that button, you sign up for the race, where to start. I'm talking about you wake up and it's race day. I think finding a mantra or an affirmation is so helpful. It could tie back to your goal in your narrative as to why you want to run this day, like why you want to run that race and complete that distance for the first time and you've never done it before. Or you just want to have fun and finally do a race that you enjoy and not put so much pressure on yourself. If you have a mantra, I think it's so great to repeat that stuff to your um, in your head, when you're running and you might hit that wall, it might be a little bit difficult. I think having that, you know, that affirmation, I think words are so powerful and you should speak positively to yourself. It's going to be really helpful. That's my tight tip. My race rant is short and sweet. Running is like driving. And what I say by that, Tay's like, I don't know where you're going with that. <laughs> But she still nodded her head. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Run on the right side. Two runners. I'm here on the right yeah. side. And if you're here on the left that. side, we're running into one another. So okay. if you ran on the right side, yeah. going this way, and I ran on the right side, cool. We pass one another. Howdy doodle. And then, you know what I mean? That's how it should be. That's definitely a way for it. Before we go, if you guys can review, give us some stars, five stars, preferably. <laughs> Um, but review the podcast if you enjoyed it. It means the world to us. As always, we believe in you. We believe in you. And go... Run the day. Yeah. You got this. We believe in you. We made it. Woo! Hurry up and press start.